Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Nate, and today I've got a couple of special people, lovely, lovely people (laughs) joining me. So, um, uh, good morning, Pastor Jeremy. Hey there. And good morning, Charlotte. Good morning. Charlotte, let's start this off with a life update. As in, you nearly lost your life update. Yes. So, we, um, I guess I really haven't heard the story. You told me briefly. Yeah. But we were doing other stuff. What happened? So, last Friday... I don't know when you guys are going to hear this, but it was last Friday either way. Uh, I got an accident coming home from work or going to back to uh, where I was going. And um, someone was half in a turning lane, half not, and someone swerved around them. And I rear-ended someone and my car rolled and flipped. Um, and I made it out without a scratch. My car did the exact opposite, is very much not going to come back on the road ever in yeah. its lifetime. Um, but very grateful to be here today. Wow. Yeah. So your car rolled? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't look at the top. I just saw in the picture. Yeah, no, the, the top is the top is crumpled. Like the windshield is open. The oh. whole front of my car is smashed in. The wheel is, like, ripped out. Like, it's... There's not much left. Yeah. How fast were you going when that happened? Uh, luckily, I wasn't doing the speed limit. I was under the speed limit, thankfully. Uh, I was doing like 40, so it was pretty fast. But Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a 50-mile-per-hour zone, so it could have been worse. Yeah. Did you live stream it? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no, but I was on the phone with someone, so... Hands free, of course. Well, yeah, my car afterwards, because everyone, like the person I was on the phone with, I, I just hung up on them after I crashed and they kept calling me and it was going through my car. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get out of my vehicle <laughs> right. right now. And this is not what I need. There's um, there's a really funny um, Instagram reel that asks, is there a safety feature on a car that shuts the radio off when you crash or do you just sit here like and it cuts to them with the seatbelt all mangled but it's playing like insane in the membrane like <laughs> they're just like out I cold. like <laughs> yeah. but, but like the car is total and they're inside like please tell me whatever I'm listening to shuts off yeah anyway I'm sorry that happened uh, it's I'm, both terrifying yeah. but Wow, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm very glad to be here. It was it was definitely God's protection for sure. So yeah, yeah. Oh man, I you know I personally want to thank Mazda that we're not doing a funeral. Yes. <laughs> personally, what, thank Mazda. What is kind of funny though? This is the funniest thing. So the only like injury I had was I got hit in the head with a wrench. There was a wrench and that in my- happened after the, dr- the truck driver was angry. <laughs> no, no, there was a wrench in my car somewhere. I didn't know where it came from, but it was left in my car from work that had done previously. It's like the size of my forearm. And I just got out of my vehicle and there's a wrench in my seat. And I was like, man, my head does hurt. And there's like a wrench size mark like going across Ooh. here on my head. And it's anyway. I didn't get hurt from my car. I got hurt from a wrench. It's for, yeah, well, and that's for real. Like yes. that's um, the dangerous part. Especially you got like an SUV, and then you've got bowling balls and <laughs> stuff all in the trunk. Turning I got balls. in an accident. I don't know what year it was. Junior year, and it was in like it was in the right by high school. It was like seven in the morning. I was probably going five miles an hour, but hit somebody anyway and um i had an engine just sitting inside my van (laughs) just (laughs) it was not tied down or strapped down anyway it was just loose in my van just an engine and it rolled forward and hit the seat my sister was sitting in but thankfully we weren't going very fast but i was just like what was i doing (laughs) so crazy right everybody's watching the door fell off my van and (laughs) <laughs> the door I just got off. an engine in there. <laughs> yeah. I was in the automotive, so I was bringing the engine to the school. And so 
we had to, so we rebuilt it without any standards. But then this is, this is, this is Nate Gagney humor, funny only to me. <laughs> you know, people rebuild an engine and they paint it and it looks awesome. So I rebuilt the engine and pa- repainted it in pastels. Oh my so it, was, it was Easter colors, like light, soft pink and, and soft yellow. Classic. So that was just hanging out in the automotive class for eight months till they finally scrapped it. But yeah, funny, only, so, funny only to me. Yeah. <laughs> and you probably played it serious enough that everyone was like, man, he's the, so into it. I tell it. you, because I went to Summersworth and kids from Noble came to that automotive class, they hated me. They did not get me. They did not understand me. And it was like we were on other sides of the bridge, other sides of Salmon Falls River, but it was an entirely different world. (laughs) You you know, I I was wearing dockers and sweaters. They're in hunting clothes and boots. Um, And you're painting engines pastel. And I I didn't try. Yeah, I was painting the engine pastel. I didn't try to. I was becoming more weird the more, like, irritated they were getting. You can't do this, dude. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? Anyway, it was. It's just art. It's fun. I wish I had gotten to know the Nate the Nate Gagney that commits so hard that the more you get, like you don't do this anymore to where mm-hmm. if people, well, maybe you do, but I don't see it. Like where, when people start to get ignored, annoyed, you dig into the joke even more. Yeah. I mean, I would dig in for years. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. but I've never, you've never done it to me. Or to anyone, like I've never seen it. And I just feel like that's, and that's I would a part try of Nate to get Gagne them. I miss. What I would try to do is not just become like dig in more, but I'd try to actually do less and less. So I would get like so under their skin that I would do sometimes practically nothing. And it would just cause like this <laughs> insane reaction. So when there's a few people, and I'm not proud of this, and God changed my life by my senior year, um, <laughs> but all I would do was say their last name. That was it. So one kid, I, I said his last name so many times, he threatened to bring a gun to school and kill me. <laughs> wow. That was uh, wow. like two, two months before Columbine. So it was oh in my that, gosh. It was in that range. But yeah, and I remember this one girl... I would be like, Cram? That was her last name. Cram? And she would just start cussing at me. <laughs> that's her last name. That's just her last name. But anyway, I'm not proud of I'm not well, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not proud of no no, you know what? That's power. <laughs> I'm proud of the transformation of the gospel. Uh, <laughs> And my senior year was a different tune. Like I, I would just, God did something in my life and I stopped doing that. Number one, I stopped agitating the teachers because I used to do that a little bit too. Yeah. And um, yeah, I kept, kept my mouth closed and tried to still be joyful and be funny, but, have fun. but in an entirely different context. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, don't be like me. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Just end, ends the sentence. End of awesome. story. Yeah, I had no sort of excitement like you this week, Charlotte. No, no crazy car. That's great rolling over for you, actually. Um, but speaking of pastel pinks, what's up with your fingernails? Oh, get out of here! No, I- <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> Is Eloise's Christmas gift to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, pedicure, manicure. manicure. We, um, Jeremy, you preached on Sunday, which I just remembered. I, d- I did. I-, I was like trying to like. <laughs> He's I trying to got my sermon notes, <laughs> and then I just realized, like, what are they going to ask me questions? No, I'm supposed to be asking the questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gave me the opportunity. It was fun. Yeah, it was. It was great. Thanks for preaching. I was in Plymouth, and uh, Charlotte was in an Uber, and we were. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, that's church. what I meant to say. Charlotte did also a number of things you're not supposed to do oh, yeah. with a concussion on Sunday. <laughs> so it was like, stay away from loud noises, bright lights, 
Anything uh, overstimulating multiple anything, brain yeah, functions. If you don't focus too hard. <laughs> She's like music director on Sunday morning right by the TV wall. <laughs> Movers. It was not, not the smartest. Oh, man. But we're here. Dedication. I told her uh, we had, when we had uh, Mike White, our, our drummer, he had gotten something done on his eye, so he had to wear an eye patch. And we like had to make a comment. I was like, what if you just did like two eye patches <laughs> and yeah. just played keys? That would keep you safe. Some earmuffs yeah. and some um, like uh, those sunglasses you have to wear when you get eye drops put in your eye when they dilate. Yeah. Those big <laughs> oh, yeah. Thick, like, yeah. You could have worn those. Could have been safe. Yeah. Could have been. The kids would have been like, Charlotte's so cool. She's got pit vipers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they would say that. I don't think they would. But, That's funny. Yeah. They, what would they? Pit vipers aren't cool anymore. Probably. Wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to return mine. <laughs> We're done. Yeah, anyway, no, your sorry. sermon. Yes. Your sermon was good. I I liked the the attack that you had going into this section of scripture. I think it was it was not just like here. Let's go. Let's go dive into this story of of Jesus and temptation, but also looking at the applicable side to us. Mm. How did you get to that point? What brought you there? Um, this well, so this week was we're nearing the end of the like Jesus series, which we've done for a year. And so you had told me, Pastor Nate, I wrote down this as a topic, but I'm not sold on it. Wherever. Yeah, well, it was, it was, we're getting the end of the year. So now it's like if there's anything rattling around in our missed, brain, yeah. let, we've got, uh, do we have three weeks left or four weeks left? Four weeks. So left. fill them, put, put them in. So I yeah. did, Stevens at the end of the month, I told him the same thing. Like, yeah. this is what's here, but you, you, you've been going through it through the year. If yeah. there's anything that's on your heart, let's. Yeah. So I tried to stick with what we had written first, which was follow like Jesus. And I felt like I kept boiling it down to your sermon, um, obey like Jesus. So it's like in a nutshell, like that's what we kept seeing. Every time Jesus even wanted to do something different than the Father, I was thinking of going through <clears throat> the garden prayer and, and whatever, which Pastor Stephen also preached about. I was like, man, I'm really forcing like, Right. trying to preach a different sermon. And so then just in one of my bullet points of following God, like Jesus, I had the temptation. I was like, I mean, there's probably a lot of content in there. And then just diving more into that topic, um, which, which I enjoyed. Cause again, like, like I had said in the message, like a lot of times I feel like when you read through the types of temptation that Jesus gets, you skim past it because it's like, I'm not getting those kind of temptations. I'm not, I'm not being tempted to yeah. jump off a building. So angels save me or transform rock to food. Cause I'm hungry like that. And so you have a tendency to just skip through it, but then reading a couple commentaries and, and write-ups that they had, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We can get into like the core of those temptations yeah. and then, and then just thought through, it sounded kind of fun to do Attempted Like Jesus. But no one liked that title that I kept running it through. And so it was- over, Why not? Oh, I don't know. Overcoming Temptation Like Jesus. They just felt like, well, I think for, for the most part, the series titles are this good thing Jesus did like, like him. Like do this good thing like him. And so to do one week that's like Tempted Like Jesus, I guess was just like, no, we don't want- don't want to be, t I don't know, but, but, but it seemed like a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know about that title as I kept right. working through it. So I was like, all right, well, it's not like a movie where we're going to show the title over right. and over again. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to just give the title because <laughs> right. it's just a sermon. I'm not one for like a catchy, the title is like the main point. I know some people right. work on that, but yeah. So that's kind of where it ended up. Like yeah. it was in there for the follow like Jesus. And then when I felt like I was just forcing it, I'm like, let's go into this and go into Tempted and see what we can learn. And then reading a bunch of commentaries, yeah. just seeing all that. So, um, yeah. I dug it. I did it was a too. good study. I liked, um, which you could make the, the, uh, the clip of the week. But when you went through the memes... And then 
and then talked about, no, it, it's really more like this. Mm. And it's, it's the same picture, but things are missing. Yeah. And I, I like that. I think that was a, that was a great thought and, and the right thought. We, we yeah. are. When God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus, yeah. which is an amazing thing. I, he, I'm not standing in my shame. I'm not standing in my past. I'm not standing in my faults. God looks at me and he sees the same righteousness Jesus has as long as I've, you know, I'm living right. Right. As long as I'm following Jesus. Um, and, and, but the sanctification process, that becoming like Jesus process, it yeah. is the process. Yeah. It's the Rubik's cube. Yeah. It's that picture where what's still missing. Holy Spirit, I can't find this. I can't figure it I can't figure it out. Show me what's missing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're allowing him to recraft us, mold us, make us, transform us. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I wanted to come up with another way to hammer home what you've been trying to teach us this whole year, yeah. which is that idea of, no, we can be a lot like Jesus and we don't need to like lower our expectations to like, well, I'm doing my best. Yeah. And then it made me think through the first thing that I was going to do. I was just going to be talking, talking about like us trying to go through life like Jesus versus how we watch Jesus go through life. The first one that I found was um, the TV show Wipeout. And it was just, it was a straight like two minutes of people trying to jump over those stupid inflatable balls and like <laughs> murdering themselves. And it looks like they had one video that was two straight minutes of bones breaking and wipe out. And it was just like people getting hit by stuff. And then there's this one dude. It was like, there's a list of like maybe five people yeah. that have ever finished the race well. And this one guy got hit by zero obstacles and just is sprinting through the whole time. <laughs> and so my, my first thought was in a comparison of like, like that to where like, this is how Jesus showed us to live and show the perfect run. And, and then we're just here trying to, and then just play the two minutes of people yeah. wiping yeah. out. But I still felt like that was a negative, like defeatist. Right. Ultimately it felt really defeatist. Like, yeah, yeah this is it. And then I was like, oh, it's just like those memes. Oh, we can. And so just yeah. kind of tangent. Yeah. Because of that. to go on a thought, like we're not failures. We're not right. going to fail walking, becoming like Jesus and living the Christian life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we just, we set a low bar so we can stay there. Right. I, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say a lot, of, I feel like a lot of people will just excuse, well, that's just how God created me. Yeah. Like they just stay where they are rather than actually going through the transformation process. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is just how I am. It's like, okay, well, your bad attitude is not what Jesus <laughs> wanted for you. Yeah. Like, you can change, you can transform, allow him to he do that He commands us to change yeah. and transform yeah. too. And then the other part of it, and I think I told about this when I was talking about Benton a couple of weeks ago, the other part of it is the Holy Spirit is the one doing the changing. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's the one doing the transforming. And so if we are not changing, you're not transforming. It just really reveals we're not letting God yeah. work in us. Yeah. Because he wants to do it. I was reading something the other day um, along along those lines where, um, like, being obedient to God sometimes isn't easy. Like, some people uh, uh, will go approach sin in terms of, like, there's things that we want to do. Like, we wa just want to do what we want to do, like you were saying, Jeremy. And sometimes it's difficult or it doesn't feel good in the moment. And we just kind of have to pick up our own cross and deny ourselves mm. and like our natural human sinful desires and move forward into what Jesus is calling us to and like what he portrayed because it wasn't easy it, and it's not going to be easy. So, yeah, I think it's just you got to change. You got to choose that path. Yeah. Yeah, I felt a theme that kept popping up as I was writing through um, was kind of what, what I hit the point on of um, how God, you know, how God wants to move in our life. God wants to do all of these things. Um, and then how are we allowing him to move? Mm -hmm. And now obviously it's not like if God wants to change something, he can sure enough snap his fingers and turn us all into, mindless robots that worship him, but he doesn't want that. He wants, he wants our hearts. Um, 
but then realizing that Jesus really is is talking over and over again throughout his trials. No, this is what God tells me to do. This is what God tells me to do. This is why I'm not going to fall into this temptation. And I just realized that in my own life, a lot of the times when I'm going through either temptations or hard times, like I just repeat the things that I want God to do. Yeah. Just repeat over and over again. Like, no, yeah, I don't have the spirit of fear, God. You know, I don't want this anxiety. However, I'm not living my life according to scripture. I'm just trying to hold God to his own word without accepting into mine. So that was what I felt like, all right, I think the biggest part of this whole message yeah. is is a little bit more of that, you know, his first reply to the enemy. You have to know every word from God, not just the good stuff for you, but the hard stuff for you too. Mm-hmm. So I think that was kind of the bigger challenge that that I hope people got from it. Yeah. We take these identities that um, I, I think we pick them up from all kinds of places. We pick mm. them up from culture. We pick them up from our family. We pick them up from the enemy. And then we use that as a, and then that immediately limits what God can do in our life. Um, oh, I, something that you said, I wanted to pull back up, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but we, you know, when we want, you, you know, like tempted like Jesus. Well, you can't say that. Cause, well, because what are we implying? That if we're tempted, we sin, right? Yeah. That's kind of the, mm. like, mm. The, yeah, man, I was tempted. And we, that's actually, I sinned is really the, the language we should be communicating. Yeah. And we, I don't even think we recognize we can avoid temptation. We just like, yeah, if you're a guy, you're going to, you're going to stare at girls. If you have boys, boys are going to be boys. Yeah. If you've got a daughter, this is what she's going to be like. Yeah. This is what teenagers are like. This is what two-year-olds are like. Yeah. And, and we just like live that and we communicate it. We perpetuate it. Yeah. And then we, people live up to it. So the one thing that I hate being taught, and so I hope all the youth leaders are, are listening because every I always hear it over and over again, but but it's like, and I hate when they do it at events too. But like, you had such a good time getting close to God here at this event. It's not going to be like this when you leave. And so after you fall away, let me tell you what to do. And I'm like, oh come on, you just told all these kids that this is the pattern they need to live. Yeah. And when I was growing up in youth group, it was um, everybody has to have a falling away story. So every testimony would be like, <laughs> I grew up in a Christian home, but then I walked away and whatever, whatever. And I remember one time, maybe I was 17 or 18. I was still in high school. Yeah. But I'm like, hey, I followed Jesus. I've never walked away from him. And they're like, what? Yeah, you have. I'm like, no, I haven't. Yeah, all of us walk away from Jesus. I'm like, no, I didn't walk away. Now, I've sinned and I've gotten myself caught and entangled in sin that I wish I never did. Yeah but I never walked away from God. And it was like, how did you do that? Who told, no one told us we could do that. Wow. It was just one of those stupid things. We do it all the time. I think about- You gotta be born again again. Yeah. (laughs) And it has to be part of your testimony. Right. And we we do this all the time. So temptation. I got into Christianity way too late in the game to have a redemption story. I'm not going back. I made it 18 years not following him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. Yeah. I don't want a redemption story. We, 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 if we're not careful, we take, we, we just take a simple, a simple line. Yeah. We're stuck there for yeah. 20 years. It's so crazy how those, those little things are what we can base so much off of like these tiny little lies that just, you know, work through, you know, and even not just to circle it back, but the, the whole joke of the memes, like that's a funny joke, but there is something we believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. That will look ridiculous trying to look like Jesus because we're so awful at it. So it's like, it's funny and you laugh at it, but but if you're not careful, it you uh, believe it. it. Yeah, That's, you live yeah. it. You'd never say it, but you hold yourself back. Yeah. 
because, like, I can't compare to them. You're, you're right. Well, except that same Holy Spirit that's working in you is the same one that worked in Paul. Right. And what did Jesus say? You'll do even greater works than I. Yeah. Okay, let's stop and ponder that for a second. How many of us are living that reality and living that over our life? Yeah. Not many of us. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. One of the things that popped up, I just found it kind of interesting and, and it goes along with like, we we, we talked through, um, you know, to overcome temptation, but to still see temptation and hear the enemy work through temptation. Like that's a part of the Christian life. Like that's just a part of life. There will be, the enemy is going to consistently be trying, but to not confuse temptation with sin, I think you bringing that up is a really good point. And there was a video, there's a guy on YouTube that his, uh, his channel is uh, daily disciple. And he does a lot of reaction videos of like TikTok preachers of here's what this person said. Now here's every piece of scripture that, uh, it goes against that. <laughs> like, like he has a lot of, yeah. he has to now. He used to do a lot more like just teachings, but as TikTok keeps going up, that's his only thing is trying to deprove it. Either way, there was someone on there that like talked through, they have no temptation to sin anymore. Uh, because, and they quoted scripture because, because I have Christ living in me. I, I've realized it says in, you know, James, I've realized the glory of Jesus and I, and I have no temptation to sin at all anymore. And just like she ended it there and, uh, and he was just kind of talking against that. One of the things, one of the things that was annoying is the scripture she quoted to prove her point to Two lines earlier was those who say they are without sin are deceiving themselves. And so she she used the scripture to claim she doesn't isn't tempted. But either way, she was confusing temptation and sin and just worked through right. like, no, I don't sin. So I, I'm never tempted to do it. Yeah. And he was talking about like, boy, doesn't that defeat you if you're trying to follow Jesus? And this person says, no, you should never have temptation if you follow yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Don't you feel like a loser? Don't you? Yeah. Like <laughs> you're never going to feel like you've ever truly given your life to Jesus because like, well, dang, I'm still tempted all the time. I'm tempted to lie. I'm tempted to steal. Yeah. yeah I'm tempted to, to, to go the easy route, mm -hmm. you know, all these it, things. The thing with temptation is you have to set yourself up to avoid temptation which is hard because like there's going to be things that you you're not you're going to encounter regardless of how well you feel like you protect yourself or set boundaries right. because you don't want to stick yourself in situations where you are going to be tempted because you you hear uh some something that some people say is like well i need to be in the world so that i can reach the world but you also need to be like abiding with the church as well mm. um, so that you're feeding your soul right. and not just degrading it all the time. And like, there's this balance of like protect, protect the gift of salvation. Like be sure that you're, you're in the word and you're, you're absorbing that and remove yourself from situations. Like if, if you have a drinking problem, don't, don't go to bars all the time because that's a temptation. You're right. setting yourself up because you're in front of what you were tempted for, where your sin was before. Right. You don't need to be there anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people mistake that for, well, I'm out of that now, so I'm free. I can I can do what I want. Like right. Jesus has saved me, so I'm good to go. But <laughs> you still you're still human. Right. <laughs> you can. Yeah. The goal to overcome temptation is not to build up a, a tolerance. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like no, no, no. I'm. I'm not a lightweight anymore because I drink a little bit every day. So now I can handle alcohol better. It's like I make sure to still put myself in temptation's path now to, to build it up. But because it makes me think through like in thinking about like avoiding temptation. I, I thought from this scripture, Jesus shows us temptation is, is a part of the walk. Yeah. And I had a hard time trying to figure out how to say it that we shouldn't be like scared or running away from all temptation, which, which I know sounds like surface level, like we should be fleeing from immorality and freeing from fleeing from all these things. But 
I don't want people like to trigger fear in people. Oh no, it's happening again. I'm, I'm being tempted like this, whatever. Mm. Um, but it's something we, we face, you know what I mean? It's something we face and can take captive and kind of, kind of speak out like, no, that's not, you know, I know I have a couple of close friends and, and, uh, like pastor Rob talked about, like when he was getting out of high school and was working on like, I want pure thoughts. And you know, if there are people, uh, there's a woman working out to just, you avert your eyes, but you say like that person is loved by God and you walk away. And it's just like, I'm going to say something that's contrary to what my temptation is. I'm going to make sure I know so I can begin to see people and think that is a person who's loved by God. And so he wasn't like, oh, I run away from and just yeah. like, don't think about it. And oh, shoot, I had that thought and, and whatever it is and, and, and flee like that. He's like, no, I'm going to take an active approach of changing my mindset to view it. And so I, I don't know, I went yeah. on a, a little bit of a tangent, no, but that fine. idea yeah. of, yeah, you shouldn't stick yourself somewhere where you're going to be consistently tempted, right? Um, but you also shouldn't like condemn yourself. I don't know. I guess that's more of the way, like condemning yourself when you get tempted. Yeah, you need to use wisdom. Right. You keep yourself out of sinful situations. Because mm-hmm. I can be tempted to drink, all right? Um, but I want to make it hard on myself to... Um, to have to um, act on that temptation. Right. If I'm tempted to drink, but I don't have alcohol in the house. If I'm tempted to sleep with my girlfriend, but I don't have condoms. If I'm tempted to um, to look at something on the phone or computer, but there's accountability software. Mm. If I'm tempted to lie to my wife, but we have a shared bank account or whatever, you know, you put yourself, I, you know, wisdom is putting some distance between you and actually right. being able to enact, to act, to act on a temptation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And uh, I mean, but it's, I mean, it's still going to find you. So you have to have the internal character and the, right. the, the relationship with Jesus that you pers- that you you hate evil and pursue Him, right? Mm-hmm. I think one of the more powerful conversations that you and I have had, just in in conversations and seeing friends kind of walk away from walk away from either their families or or ministry in general, it was like, let's have a conversation right now of why we want to be married to the same person the rest of our life. Well, let's just have a conversation about that. Um, and you just start naming all the reasons and then it's like, let that inform your, your strategy to avoid temptation. Like let that uh, inform. And that was a, that was a big conversation that started a pretty big journey for me. Like, all right, well, what's everything that needs to adjust in my life Mm. based off of that? And so I think, yeah, it's wisdom. It's working through like, no, this temptation could lead to these things. So why don't you pre-decide right now? why you will never do that yeah. and now kind of work backwards and, yeah. and construct your entire life around that. Um, that reminds me a lot of, um, I talk about the book a lot, but um, Atomic Habits, he goes through the science of willpower and that studies have proven that willpower is not a muscle, but it's a commodity. The more you use, the less you have. Uh, you don't get stronger um, mm-hmm. they did a bunch of tests with people of, of what they could eat or things that they were supposed to do that involved willpower. And a set of people took one approach that kept it near them, but mm-hmm. they had to avoid it. The other one was just get it out of your house. I think they did it with like watching TV, something yeah. as simple as watching TV. You can't watch TV for a month. One set, leave your house exactly the same. The other set, just take your TV down. No one from the take your TV down set caved. And it was like 70% of the people with the TVs, they were like, I just forgot. (laughs) And I turned the TV on and it was this idea of like distance yourself away from what you're trying to avoid because 
you could slip, you could be tired. You could just not think right. about it. Well, I think that I was thinking through while you guys were talking for a while, like Sorry. the idea, no, 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 you're fine. <laughs> I had to process my thoughts. I had to like go Since through Since you guys them. were talking for so long, no, I have a new idea. No, that was not it. Oh my I'm gosh. Just kidding. <laughs> Can I get a word in before we end the podcast? <laughs> Come on, I want to talk guys. Um, no, I was talking, I was thinking through, um, um, the normalcy of, of sinning these days, like mm. in the context of like everyday life, especially in America, sinning is normalized. Like yeah. a, a lot of things are just normal to do. Um, like it's not normal to go sit down every morning and read your Bible. That's not a normalized right. thing to do. Um, and I think of temptation like you were talking about the TV, like the people who kept their TV in their house, they still, because it was normal to do. Yeah, they normalized they it the And TV. I think a lot of times we can think of temptation like that. It's just normal to be tempted. So it's easier to approach where I think we should do the reverse. It should be normal to live a holy life and we should normalize the things that, that God calls us to. Yeah. But we can still recognize. Uh, don't convince, don't convict me on a podcast on my own sermon. Now I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> but we should normalize the holy habits so that we can recognize when we are being tempted yeah. rather than constantly being tempted and never being able to recognize it right. because it's normal. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. And new, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. We live, we can be living in complete sin and we have no idea because right. everybody we've surrounded ourselves with, no one believes it's sin either. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, um, slave owner. You can think about that. And yeah. how many people had them and yeah, we're using the no Bible idea. to defend a position and like, it is what it is. We'll get rid of all yours. Well, we would go under, we'd go bankrupt. Right. So I can't do that. Um, uh, I mean, there's so many. Sometimes I accidentally say one that's too close to a conversation I just had. So I always have to... <laughs> <laughs> so good. Go with go with slave owner. I haven't talked to any. No, I haven't talked to any of those lately. <laughs> Knew that one was safe. <laughs> well, let's talk about this, right? We um. He's thinking about there. It. There's uh. There's rumors of some of the cheap goods that we're buying. They're from people that are trafficked yeah, or, or, or they're being abused. They're being mm -hmm. overworked and trafficked. And and if you have a conversation with some people about it, um, they're like, that's not true. You can't prove that. Everybody says that. Well, I've got to, you know, I've got to take care of my family. And I always think back to, um, because again, sometimes we don't know. When I think back to... World War II, when the uh, Jews were getting put in the concentration camps, they were reselling all the Jews' stuff. Mm. So, because they're emptying their houses, they're taking their libraries, they're taking their fur coats, they're taking their, and the German people were buying it. So it was like a yard sale thrift market, and they're buying it. Hmm. And then after the war, like, where did you think all this stuff was coming from? And people were just like, well, I had to, dress my own kids for winter. I had to. And so yeah, we're just like, justifying we're just, I need a good deal. I don't really care where it came from. Yeah. It's a good deal for me. And um, yeah, I think I, I, what did I watch? Oh, I watched, watched a Mark Rober video today mm -hmm. where in San Francisco, he was glitter bombing people who were stealing backpacks from <laughs> suitcases from his car. <laughs> And he talked about the, the market there. People are just stealing from Walgreens and Walmart and Target mm -hmm. and then just selling it on the street. And so should any Christian be going to the stolen market because right. you can get shampoo for 50 cents yeah. instead of $4? And you're like, well, I just don't have a lot. I'm in need. I have to. And we shouldn't be deliberately using stolen, purchasing stolen yeah. goods. Yeah. Um, because it's a good deal and it's the way God's <laughs> providing for us. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's have a bigger faith in God that he can provide a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> a very legal coupon. Instead of stealing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's interesting. I how did we get to this? That was a great, great well, content. I think that right, I'm like, temptation. how do I say so? Yeah. Well, because Charlotte back. was talking about how we don't even rec- we don't even recognize this temptation. And oh we're right, like, right, right, Oh wow, good deal on this stolen shampoo. <laughs> right. Thank you, God, and for providing for my family. Yeah. And you're not recognizing it was a temptation to perpetuate that yeah, yeah, yeah. black market economy. Man, I needed a kidney. And God provided one through the black market. Thank you, God. God, you're so good. He's so good. He can even <laughs> he takes all things meant for evil. I was praying for I was praying for a kid and look, one just walked right into my white van. Thank you, God. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Right? What, what, it, it's yeah. this, right? It's the yeah. we're we're we thank God for sin all the time. Yeah. Man, I just thank God for my, for my girlfriend who's not a Christian and doesn't go to church and doesn't read the Bible yeah. and we're sleeping together and we're living together, man, I can just see how God brought us together. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Wow. We're, yeah. we're not winning this temptation. <laughs> yeah. Battle. We just made, yeah. And if we can just recognize, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. This would be wrong of me to do this. Yeah. And, I've got some scriptures showing how it would be a good thing, but what does the whole of scripture say? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So let me come back at Satan and his scriptures with Jesus and his scriptures. Yeah. That's so good. readjust and evaluate my life here. Yeah. Yeah, which is, which is, which is very difficult. It's, it's very difficult to work through. I think we have the ability to justify and just ignore where we're at. I don't remember if it was a sermon we've preached recently or just one that I heard where it kept talking about like, um, like Samson always just hanging out Stephen where Bruce he shouldn't. Samson. Yeah. I was just talking like always hanging out where he shouldn't have. Um, and that was one of the big things like, you know, don't, don't touch a dead body, but apparently you can, eat something that's hanging out right around it or, you know, whatever it may be. Don't drink. But for some reason in the story, you were near alcohol (laughs) and like it kept like, man, he just seems to be hanging out all the time where he shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And then none of the stuff with Delilah would have happened if he just honored God's word of don't be, they're unequally yoked, but was by religion and race. So don't be with a non-Hebrew um, person. Right. But but he did. He was hanging out. So I always tell the, the kids, like, hey, it's really easy to not date a non-Christian is if you stop liking non-Christians. <laughs> right. Uh, so are they a Christian? Do they follow Jesus? No. All right. Distance. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Distance. Well, I, let me go on 15 dates. And let's hook up and let's sleep together. And then I'll start praying that they get saved. Well, it's a lot easier for (laughs) you to never start the relationship than to try to get out of the relationship. You just start in the right place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. Um, So thinking through... um, even the, so the three points we boiled down kind of the temptation types um, that that I felt like was working through. I don't know if you guys had anything to add on those, but those three points were, uh, you know, do what your body wants, which I feel like we've talked quite a bit mm-hmm. about like in, in the avoidance of that. But the other two, so I mentioned in the, in the, um, in the sermon, like I had no, real idea why temptation number two felt like such a temptation because to me it just felt like a really silly attempt like you know jump off the building and and, you know do whatever but that idea of like forgetting what god wants all right god has a will for you you can forget um and then i just felt like and and maybe it's just a worth a conversation if not we can we can move on through but just trying to keep all the points going that last one i felt like I see that playing out in church a lot more of of take what you want. And I feel like there's an interesting an interesting dynamic in just our world of like we want we we want to be the one in charge of everything. We want to be the one with authority or the one, 
you know, and that being ultimately what that last temptation was like, Hey, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the God of this earth right now. If you bow to me, I'll give you anything. And I don't know, as I was reading it and I kind of put like, I felt like God was talking through, like, I think this is something the church should talk about more because the church has such a leadership product. You know what I mean? Like the, the laws of leadership, the, you, the books you read on leadership. And I, and I feel like there's this, there's this potential to have leadership slip in as the excuse for really a temptation of, I want to be the one noticed. Um, And I was like, I want to bring it up. I don't want to hammer it too home. This feels like more of maybe like an all staff type teaching, but I want our church Mm. to hear it because I just am nervous that that becomes a reason people serve so that then later they can, be served or to tell people what they can do. And I, I don't know if you've ever fallen into that, like, oh shoot, yeah, I did want to leave because I want to be in charge. I need to fix my heart yeah. or or having to help people through that. Like if someone's on their tr- on a trend of that, what would be something for them to work on? Or I had a conversation within the past 24 hours. We'll say that. That's good. Um, nice. <laughs> All right, we won't be able to figure it out. <laughs> um, but it's about, I think a lot of people in America struggle with the idea of submission, mm-hmm. like the idea of following God's lead or following the lead of people who have been appointed by God um, and who have been placed in positions of leadership. And in the U.S. culture, um, there's this idea of like, of like the, just you do what you want to do. You're your own authority. You're your own kind of ruler and leader, but the Bible is teaching us something different where it's like you, you you're coming underneath everyone around you to care the way that, that God wants you to care for the people. So you're laying down your finances, you're laying down your giftings, you're laying down your physical resources, you're laying down your your physical body, you're you're putting everything out there for other people to to take and you're giving that up to God, you're giving that up to the yeah. church and that's just a backwards mindset that people don't have. So when we think of submission, people are like, "No, no, 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 no. I I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that." Yeah. And I was having a conversation about the idea of like um, David was anointed king before he ever even stepped into it. And he yeah. still submitted to Saul's leadership, even though like Saul was sinning and wasn't like leading the way God wanted him to yeah. lead. But David was still um, still obedient in terms of like, God, you haven't given me the kingdom yet. You haven't handed over where you've placed me to. I know this has a promise in it. You've promised me this, but it's not my time to step into it. And he was still faithful in saying, no, I'm not going to kill someone because that's not what you asked me to do. You didn't ask me to, to murder someone. You didn't ask me to disobey your law. And I think a lot of times we get tangled in this mess of like, well, I'm just going to do it because, because God promised me this and I'm going to move forward with it. Yeah. Okay. First be obedient to God's word and follow what he's yeah. been. So. It, I feel like it's like our third recommendation of the book, but honors reward. Um, <laughs> it talked about the, um, the Roman officer and his view of authority. And you can tell in the way he was saying it, um, how his authority came from whose authority he was under. Yep. And he was like, no, I know what it's like to be under authority and to have authority. And so he's making this ultimate realization mm-hmm. of like, no, you gain authority when you accurately can put yourself under authority. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and that was just an interesting part of, I think it was in like chapter yeah. three. It's, it's very early on, but just the idea of, that that type of submission and and no, I gain authority by saying, all right, I want this person, you know, I, I'll have this person that got appointed over me. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I think you, yeah, as you look through and you see the leaders in the Bible, they're the, they're the humblest, timid, probably most pathetic 
around of people. Some, some, you know, a lot of the older um, Testament stories, they're like, no, I don't want to do that. God. And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's the perfect reason. Haley and I are going through Chronicles of Narnia right now. For some reason we will get into movies. We're just watching that, but they had that Prince Caspian. It's C.S. Lewis. So it's a Christian story, right? Prince Caspian's like, I don't think I'm ready to lead. And Aslan, who's the God figure is like, it's for that reason exactly that I know you are. And it's like, as you stop coveting the leadership and the title or the, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. the spiritual authority, as you stop that, that's when God's like, all right, for that reason right now, I know you are ready to serve. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I can speak from it from my own life, but also uh, I'm lead pastor and every once in a while, there be people who who just won't um, respond to me in a biblical way. Mm. So they, you know, they call me pastor until they want to do their own thing. Yeah. And so then they just tell me what they're doing rather than, you know, like a leader, like a leadership team. If, for instance... You, you know, you preach this Sunday and, I, and I'm and i like, so, hey, Pastor Jeremy, you're going to preach on Sunday. We're doing like Jesus and um, this is what we have, but you're willing to change. You're willing to change it. And then you're like, okay, sounds good. Uh, we're going to do a worship, a worship morning. We're going to do worship all morning. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm like, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute here. No, I need you to preach this sermon. I'm like, no, God talked to me. And so I'm going to do a worship night. God talked to me. And so we're doing a worship night in the morning. Yeah. And and then it's like, no, listen, this is what I need you to do. And then all of a sudden it turns sour. Like, pastor won't let me do. You go around, pastor won't let me do what God told me yeah. to do. God told me to do this. And he's, can you believe he's coming against what yeah. God wants? And you start whispering and whispering yeah. and turning people against the pastor. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's never happened, but... Similar things yeah. happen pretty regular. Mm-hmm. Um, they happen pretty regular. I know for me, the the biggest challenge of my life was when I knew I was ready to be lead pastor. I wanted, I was ready to be lead pastor, and um, and I had a pastor over me, and trying to honor him through that. I had good days. I had bad days. I had times where I'm like, that was amazing. How did I do that as a young man? And times that I look back on and think I was an idiot. Yeah. I was an idiot. What was I doing? <laughs> um, and times that I got too emotionally wrapped up in it and was getting irritated and upset that I was going in a direction that I didn't think it should. And then other times where, again, I was a humble servant and, serve my pastor well. Yeah. I know what that's like. Mm. And I wasn't, you know, to think about David waiting 10 years, you're anointed. There's tears. The prophets there, the Samuel's there, prophet judge, anointing you with oil. You're the new king of Israel. Um, after a decade of horrendous hardship. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable to me yeah. that he did that, that he waited. And we sometimes we won't wait three months. Yeah, honestly. We won't wait three weeks. And yeah, it, the, the one thing I try to always communicate is, yeah, I'm not perfect. So I may make something, I may do something wrong. But if you will honor me through that, God doesn't take away a reward from you. So say, right. for instance, like a spiritual gift in service. Someone comes up, hey, Pastor Nate, I feel like I got this this tongue to share with the church or I've got this word to share with the church. So sometimes I know that it's coming. Sometimes I don't. So when I don't know, I'm like processing real time. Like, okay, what's the sermon? What's the preaching? Who's the host? What's going on? I don't know if this resonates with me. And there's been a a couple times I said, okay, no, I don't think we're going to move it forward with this. 
And that person in that moment is going to face a huge temptation. Uh, they're facing a huge temptation right now. Yeah. To think poor thoughts about me. To, yep. to walk back to their seat like, what's, what's happening? A uh, pastor told me he's not going to share that word with the church. And then whoever's sitting with, and I, this is, I'm just making Making up a story. This is this a point, scenario, right? yeah. Um, well, what he doesn't care. Is, is the church doesn't believe in spiritual gifts anymore. I thought we were a Pentecostal church. I thought yeah, I thought we were too. And to just recognize <laughs> that if God gave you a word and I missed it, first off, God has grace for me. Right. So God's not like ticked off like, oh, I gave that person a word and you stupid pastor. Yeah. And, and if you. <laughs> it's not sounded like you said that. And if you brought it to me. Pastor. If you brought it to me and I missed it, when you go back to see, you did what God told you to do. Yeah. So you're off the hook. All right, no problem. And you just go back to your seat like, no problem. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I didn't. Right. And we just. We all have grace for each other. Like, no problem. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. And sometimes I know, like, right, all staff meeting last night, we're sitting there and I'm like, oh, Leland's got something to share. And so I'm sitting, I'm waiting, I'm watching. And I'm like, all right, well, does he, right? I'm just like, yeah. you know, just because yeah. sometimes I'm wrong. And then, I don't know, it was two minutes, three minutes. I said, Leland, do you have anything that you feel to share? And he did. I mean, a word yeah. that, we, that we've connected to probably three or four more times that night. It's yeah. just like what God said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were talking through that. Um, but I could have said, hey, do you got something? He's like, no. And then I could have been like, what an idiot, what, you know, why are you not? I'm the pal, you make embarrass me in front of, and, and I, was, I told you to say something. It just, <laughs> just open-handed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Such, a, such a healthier way to function. And we don't think of that as a temptation. Yeah. You know, we're not realizing we're, we're losing tem tem temptation when we're speaking bad about our pastors. Yeah. When we're, um, propping ourselves up as a greater spiritual authority than they are. Yeah. We don't realize like, holy smokes, what has just happened? Satan's whispered in your ear, you should be pastor. Yeah. You're more spiritual than them. Yeah. I'm trying to give, give people goosebumps. Um, <laughs> I'll put verb on it. <laughs> and we're like, yes, I should be. Yeah. And we and he does that through thoughts in our head. He does that through other people. Mm. I, I had it. I remember what year was it? Two thousand nine. And I had a friend that I that I invited to church. He came a few weeks. Maybe he came a couple of months actually. And I remember him at a softball gig saying like, "Why don't you preach more? I like it better when you preach." And like, oh, how am I going to handle that? Yeah. I can really take that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> I'm so good. Uh, and and to have to deal with that and, and then just like to throw that off quick. Not I'm to let that percolate, that <laughs> get my pride. Like I had to recognize like, get out of here, devil. I was just thinking like, <laughs> that's what you say to the person who compliments you. <laughs> Hey, you preach like I wish you preached every week. First off, um, get out of here, Satan. Thank you. Also, yeah. thank you. But um, I will not receive that. <laughs> yeah. Because you're right, Satan's and he's sneaky. He's yeah. conniving. Mm. Yeah. He's saying stuff we want to hear. I think, yeah, I think the way that shows up that I don't like, and I am always, it's always a reminder is a quick um, how would you have handled that? That type of thought, how would you have handled that if you were in charge? And it's just to me like, well, I'm not. So I'm going to support the decision. <laughs> yeah. And I hate, that's a thought that will pop in that I always am like, get out of here. Like what on earth? Honestly, probably I would have handled it way worse. Like <laughs> not to like talk down. Yeah. Like I don't talk down about myself as a, con a way to combat the enemy. But, but I feel that as a thought, like how would you mm -hmm. have handled that? And so as you're talking to like, those things that are whispered, that's a that's a simple one too. Like, 
why don't you play a scenario out right now where you're in charge? What happens? It's like, no, maybe I won't play that scenario out right now. I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I try to be careful about being too personal when we're on things that are recorded, but I'm, <laughs> I mean, part of it is I'm, for me, I'm living that scenario. Um, because I was, I, I was pretty, you know, go back a couple of years, two or three, well, go back a lot of years. And I, I just felt like God had spoken an assignment over my life. Mm. And I don't know how long it's been. I, uh, almost two years ago, 20 months ago, our district made a vote and I didn't receive that assignment. Someone else received that assignment. Yeah. And I'm like, I had to wrestle with it for the first probably three or four months. Like, yeah. okay, 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 God, I'm, it's your will, it's your way, it's your timing. I missed it. I, I misunderstood. So no problem. And now I have a leader. Um, and I thought I was going to be the leader. Yeah. So how do I thought I was going to be in charge and now someone else is. So how am I going to serve that leader? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that's not an easy right. thing to do as a character refining. If you're going to get the promotion and someone else gets the promotion, um, you know, at your workplace, what do you, how do you handle it? How are you going to do it? Yeah, that's so true. Um, and those are great, great character tests yeah. and character building moments. Yeah. And yeah. It's good. So I'll shut up now. No. No. <laughs> you always respond. We try and have a signal of, all right, we're getting near the end. And it's like, all right, well, he hated that. No, that was good. The universal sign, you were making a choking sign. Right. So I didn't know that was that. You were pretending to sleep in your chair as I was telling the story. It's <laughs> good. Any any book recommendations? We're Ta not Tale of Three Kings. We've recommended that before. Tale of Three Kings? Yeah. By who? Oh, I don't remember. All right. I'll look it up. It's a short but book. It, yeah, it's a short one. So I've paid three of my kids so far to read it. I'll wait for Benton to be a little bit older. Yep. Uh, and then I'll make him read it again for free the next time. It's by the Tale of Three Kings. This one, right? Yep. Gene Edwards. That's, uh, I've been working on a, um, I've been working on, you know, I was thinking about doing some sort of book club in 2024. And so I've got 12 books. That's one of the books. And like we read a book a month and oh, talk yeah. about it. We'd have to be, have a cost because it's 12 books. So you'd have to pay like a hundred bucks to be in it. I haven't advertised it. I'll yeah. just throw it out here on the podcast as a, hey. as a noodle. And if the noodles sticks. Links to sign up in the bottom. And five people. Yeah, you cooking, you throw noodles on the wall. No, right? I don't do that. No, no one's used that as a term, but I like that. Um, well. <laughs> use this as a noodle. Throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. <laughs> yeah. Right? So use whatever you I've want. What do you prefer? Bologna? Sure, yeah. That's Throw it at the wall, <laughs> see if it sticks. And I think it, yeah, anyway, so. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, but anyway, that's one of the books. Yeah. All right. Tale of Three Kings. Good. If you want to do that, you can email me at nate at restorationchurch.cc. <laughs> So, we yeah. have a, I just was like, do we keep driving this home? We have a limited capacity. So I want to make sure you sign up early and get in before the wait list hits. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were, might, I don't anticipate a wait list, which is why I haven't actually talked about it. I've only thought about it, <laughs> but it came to mind now. And if I don't actually ever say. What do you think? You Zoom call it or you do an in-person? I probably like to do together. it in person once a month. You if have to we, buy all the books ahead of time. Or you give me the money, I'll buy all the books for you. Yeah, I'll give you a they big should, stack. They should, they should order. Here's a little bit of planning process for those who are still listening. We should have them order through signing up. And then we make you a sticker like Oprah Winfrey has. That all their books have a, <laughs> have a 
book club sticker on. Mm. We'll put them over the Oprah or the Reese Witherspoon <laughs> book club. <laughs> and you have your own. That's a good idea. I think it's fun. Yeah. I was thinking like, <laughs> what are the 12 books I recommend the most? Yeah. And so going through those together. That's fun. Anyway. I would sign up. Why don't you make that symbol again? To oh, yeah, kill stop it. talking. Kill it. Hey. Uh, so <laughs> podcast is over. <laughs> yeah. I listened to a podcast this week. <laughs> We're still in recommendations. You guys are laughing. Oh, boy. Remember, there's a temptation to think you're better than your leader. The... <laughs> I think I was listening to the Gerald Brooks podcast this week. And there's no point to what I'm saying. I completely forgot what I was saying. I'm so sorry. Guys, it's been a joy and a pleasure. <laughs> I'm preaching on Sunday from the Dover location. And we are be praying for Christmas Eve. Yeah. And inviting people to Christmas mm. Eve service. We're going to see even more salvations. And yeah, we do have a good amount signed up. Good. And yeah, we, yeah. so we need more people to sign up so we know if we need to shut down or add services anyway. Sign up, yeah, because if it's if like the 9 a.m. service gets full, when we have to advertise it as full, or if another location, if a 1030 gets full, we either have to plan on getting more chairs there if there's capacity yep. or have... Because I'll tell you what, if it's full, and I know you're a church attender that didn't sign up, I'll ask you to leave so the guest can sit. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't, I will find if you. If you you walk in and it's full, sorry, regular attender, you're gonna have to wait an hour, or yeah. you can't come. Like, you can sit out here in the lobby. We'll play right. it on the TV. You can watch the TVs. But yeah, we gotta walk-ins get first seat. I mean, uh, non-attenders, the lost, <laughs> get first yes. seat. So, love you. Bye. Bye. See you Bye. later. Speaking of that other... Th <laughs>